Before I begin, I'd like to extend my deepest condolences to the victims and families in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Earlier today, a wicked murderer opened fire at a Molson Coors Brewing Company plant, taking the lives of five people. A number of people were wounded, some badly wounded. Our hearts break for them and their loved ones. We send our condolences. We'll be with them. And it's a terrible thing, terrible thing. So our hearts go out to the people of Wisconsin and to the families. Thank you very much. Uh, I've just received another briefing from a great group of talented people on the virus that is going around to various parts of the world. We have, through some very good early decisions, decisions that were actually ridiculed at the beginning, we closed up our borders to flights coming in from certain areas, uh, areas that were hit by the coronavirus and hit pretty hard. And we did it very early. I, a lot of people thought we shouldn't have done it that early, and we did, and it turned out to be a very good thing. And the number one priority from our standpoint is the health and safety of the American people. And that's the way I viewed it when I made that decision. Because of all we've done, the risk to the American people remains very low. And we have the greatest experts in the world, really in the world, right here. The people that are called upon by other countries when things like this happen. We, uh, we're ready to adapt and we're ready to do whatever we have to as the disease spreads, if it spreads. Uh, as most of you know, the, uh, the level that we've had in our country is very low, and those people are getting better, or we think that in almost all cases, they're, the better are getting. We have a total of 15. We took in some from Japan. You heard about that, because they're American citizens, and they're in quarantine. Uh, and uh, they're getting better, too but we felt we had an obligation to do that. It could have been as many as 42. And uh, we found that we were, it was just an obligation we felt that we had. We could have left them and that would have been very bad, very bad, I think, American people. And uh, they're recovering. Of the 15 people, the original 15, as I call them, uh, eight of them have returned to their homes, to stay in their homes until fully recovered. One is in the hospital, and five have fully recovered. And uh, one is, uh, we think, in pretty good shape. And it's uh, in between hospital and going home. So we have a total of, uh, but we have a total of 15 people, and uh, they're in a process of uh, recovering, with some already having fully recovered. Uh, we started out by uh, looking at certain things. We've been working with uh, the Hill very, very carefully, very strongly. And I think we have very good bipartisan spirit for money. We were asking for $2.5 billion, and we think that's uh, a lot. But uh, the Democrats and, I guess, uh, Senator Schumer wants us to have much more than that. And normally in life, I'd say, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, if they want to give more, we'll do more. We're going to spend whatever's appropriate. Hopefully, we're not going to have to spend so much, because we really think we've done a great job in keeping it down to a minimum. 
Uh, and again, uh, uh, we've had tremendous success, tremendous success beyond what people would have thought. Now, at the same time, you do have some outbreaks in some countries. Italy and various countries are having some difficulty. China, you know about where it started. Uh, I spoke with President Xi. We had a great talk. He's working very hard, I have to say. He's working very, very hard. And uh, if you can count on the reports coming out of China, that spread has gone down quite a bit. Uh, the infection seems to have gone down over the last two days. As opposed to getting larger, it's actually gotten smaller. In one instance where we think uh, we can be it's somewhat reliable, it seems to have gotten quite a bit smaller. Uh, with respect to the money that's uh, being negotiated, uh, they can do whatever they want. I mean, they can, we'll do the two and a half. We're requesting two and a half. Uh, some Republicans would like us to get four, and some Democrats would like us to get eight and a half, and we'll be satisfied whatever, whatever it is. We're bringing in a specialist, very highly regarded specialist uh, tomorrow, who works actually at the State Department. Very, very uh, tremendously talented in doing this. I want you to understand something that shocked me when I saw it, that uh, I spoke with uh, Dr. Fauci on this, and I was really uh, amazed, and I think most people are amazed to hear it. Uh, the flu in our country kills from 25,000 people to 69,000 people a year. That was shocking to me. And uh, so far, if you look at what we have with the 15 people, and they're recovering. One is, uh, one is uh, pretty sick, but uh, hopefully will recover. But the others are in great shape. But think of that, 25,000 to 69,000. Over the last 10 years, we've lost 360,000. These are people that have died from the flu, from what we call the flu. Hey, did you get your flu shot? And uh, that's something. Now, what we've done, is we've stopped non-U.S. citizens from coming into America from China. That was done very early on. We're screening people, and we have been at a very high level, screening people coming into the country from infected areas. We have in quarantine those infected and those at risk. We have a lot of great quarantine facilities. We're rapidly developing a vaccine, and they can speak to you. The professionals can speak to you about that. Uh, the vaccine is coming along well, and in speaking to the doctors, we think this is something that we can develop fairly rapidly, a vaccine for the future, and coordinate with the support of our partners. We have great relationships with all of the countries that we're talking about, some uh, fairly large number of countries. Some it's one person, and uh, many countries have no problem whatsoever. And we'll see what happens. But we're very, very ready for this, for anything, whether it's going to be a uh, breakout of larger proportions or whether or not we're, uh, you know, we're at that very low level. And uh, we want to keep it that way. So we're at the low level. As they get better, we take them off the list so that we're going to be pretty soon at only five people. And we could be at just one or two people over the next short period of time. So we've had very good luck. The um, Johns Hopkins, I guess it is, a highly respected, great place. They did a, stu a, a study, comprehensive, the country's best and worst prepared for an epidemic. 
And the United States is now — we're rated number one. We're rated number one for being prepared. This is a list of different countries. I don't want to get in your way, especially since you do such a good job. Uh, this is a list of uh, the different countries. United States is rated number one, most prepared. United Kingdom, Netherlands, Australia, Canada, Thailand, Sweden, Denmark, South Korea, Finland. These, this is a list of of the best-rated countries in the world by Johns Hopkins. Uh, we're doing something else that's uh, important to me, because he's been uh, terrific in many ways, but he's also very good on health care. And we really followed him very closely. A lot of states do. When Mike was governor, Mike Pence, of Indiana, uh, they've established great health care. They have a great system there, a system that a lot of, a lot of the other states have really looked to. and change their systems. They wanted to base it on the Indiana system. He's very good. And I think — and he's, he's uh, really very expert at the field. And what I've done is I'm going to be announcing uh, exactly right now that I'm going to be putting our Vice President, Mike Pence, in charge. And Mike will be working with the professionals and doctors and everybody else that's working. The team is, is brilliant. I spent a lot of time with the team over the last couple of weeks, but they're totally brilliant, and we're doing really well, and Mike is going to be in charge, and Mike will report back to me. But he's got a certain talent for this, and uh, I'm going to ask Mike Pence to say a few words, please. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mr. President. President Trump's made clear from the first days of this administration we have no higher priority than the safety, security, health, and well-being of the American people. And from the first word of an outbreak of the coronavirus, the President took unprecedented steps to protect uh, the American people from the spread of this disease. He recounted those briefly, but uh, the establishment of travel restrictions, uh, aggressive quarantine effort of Americans that are returning, a declaration of a public health emergency and establishing uh, the White House Corona Task Force are all reflective of the urgency that the President has brought to a whole-of-government approach. Um, as a uh, former governor uh, from the state where the first MERS case uh, emerged in 2014, uh, I know full well uh, the importance of presidential leadership, the importance of administration leadership, and the vital role of partnerships of state and local governments and health authorities in responding to the potential threat of dangerous infectious diseases. Uh, and I, uh, uh, I look forward, uh, Mr. President, to uh, serving uh, in this role and bringing together uh, all the members of the Corona Task Force that you've established, HHS, CDC, DHS, the Department of Transportation, and State. Uh, this team has been at your direction, Mr. President, meeting every day since it was established. Uh, my role will be to continue to uh, uh, bring that team together, uh, to bring to the President uh, uh, the best options for action, to see to the safety and well-being and health of the American people. Uh, we'll also be continuing to reach out to governors, uh, state and local officials. Uh, in fact, in the recent days, uh, the White House met with over 40 state, county, and city health officials from over 30 states and territories to discuss how to respond uh, to this, uh, to the potential threat of the coronavirus. 
Uh, we'll be working with them in renewed ways to make sure they have the resources uh, to be able to respond. And as the President said, uh, we'll be adding additional personnel here at the White House to uh, support our efforts on the President's behalf. We'll also be working with members of Congress to ensure that the resources are available uh, for this whole of government response. And we'll be working very closely uh, with Secretary Azar and his team uh, that have done an outstanding job uh, communicating to the public to ensure the American people uh, have the best information uh, on ways to protect themselves and their families and also that the public has the most timely information uh, on the potential threat to the American people. Uh, Mr. President, um, uh, as, uh, as we've been briefed, while the threat to the American public remains low of a spread of the coronavirus, uh, you have uh, directed this team to take all steps necessary to continue to ensure the health and well-being of the American people. Uh, and the people of this country can be confident that under your leadership, uh, we will continue to bring the full resources of the federal government in coordination with our state and local partners uh, to see to the health and well-being and to the effective response to the coronavirus here in the United States of America. Uh, with that, uh, uh, the President's asked me to recognize uh, the, uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, and also the Deputy Director of CDC, uh, Dr. Ann Schockett, for remarks. Secretary. Well, thank you, Mr. Vice President, and thank you, Mr. President, for gathering your public health experts here today and for your strong leadership in keeping America safe. And I just want to say I could not be more delighted that you've asked the Vice President, my old friend and colleague, to lead this whole of government approach uh, with us uh, under the emergency support function number eight. Uh, as of today, we have 15 cases of COVID-19 that have been detected in the United States, with only one new case detected in the last two weeks. We also have three cases among Americans repatriated from Wuhan and 42 cases among Americans repatriated who had been stuck on the Diamond Princess in Japan. The President's early and decisive actions, including travel restrictions, have succeeded in buying us incredibly valuable time. This has helped us contain the spread of the virus, handle the cases that we have, and prepare for the possibility that we will need to mitigate broader spread of infections within the United States. The President's actions, taken with the strong support of his scientific advisors, have proven to be appropriate, wise, and well calibrated to the situation. We're grateful for the hard work that healthcare workers, first responders, communities, and state and local leaders have put into the response so far. Because of this hard work and the President's leadership, the immediate risk to the American public has been and continues to be low. Our containment strategy has been working. At the same time, what every one of our experts and leaders have been saying for more than a month now remains true. The degree of risk has the potential to change quickly, and we can expect to see more cases in the United States. That is why we've been reminding the American public and our state, local, and private sector partners that they should be aware of what a broader response would look like. CDC has recommended that the American public and especially state and local governments, businesses, and other organizations should refresh themselves on how they would respond in the event that the situation worsens. We're encouraging Americans to learn what future steps might be necessary to keep themselves and their communities safe. Knowing these potential steps now 
can help keep the risk to you and your community low. Americans can find useful information at cdc.gov slash COVID, COVID-19. And we're working closely with government and private sector partners to educate them about preparedness. Finally, we've begun working with Congress to secure the funding that we need. There are five major priorities in the White House request to Congress that the White House made on Monday. These priorities are first, expanding our surveillance network, second, support for state and local governments work, third and fourth, development of therapeutics and vaccines, and fifth, manufacturing and purchase of personal protective equipment like gowns and masks. As chairman of the president's coronavirus task force, I'm committed to providing regular updates from our coordinated interagency process. We've had our top public health leaders, like those joining me here today, speaking to the media many times per day to inform the American public. The Trump administration is going to continue to be aggressively transparent, keeping the American people and the media apprised of the situation and what everyone can do. With that, I'm going to hand things over to Dr. Ann Shuket. Dr. Shuket is the senior career official at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the principal deputy director with an over 30-year career at the CDC in public health and as a member of the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps. So, Dr. Shuket, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, thanks so much, Mr. Secretary. Um, as you know, this has been a difficult and challenging time, and our hearts go out to the individuals who have been directly affected by the virus and to all those who have been working tirelessly in responding to it. Our aggressive containment strategy here in the United States has been working and is responsible for the low levels of cases that we have so far. However, we do expect more cases. Um, and this is a good time to prepare. Um, we, as you heard, it's the perfect time for businesses, healthcare systems, universities, and schools to look at their pandemic preparedness plans, dust them off, and make sure that they're ready. And we have lots more information at the CDC's website and in partnership on how to do that. But it's also a really good time for the American public to prepare and for you to know what this means for you. The coronavirus that we're talking about is a respiratory virus. It's spread in a similar way to the common cold or to influenza. It's spread through coughs and sneezes. And so those everyday sensible measures that we tell people to do every year with the flu um, are important here. Covering your cough, staying home when you're sick, and washing your hands. Tried and true, not very exciting measures, but really important ways that you can prevent the spread of respiratory viruses. So this, the trajectory of what we're looking at over the weeks and months ahead is very uncertain, but many of the steps that we have taken over the past 15 years to prepare for pandemic influenza and our experience going through the 2009 H1N1 pandemic of influenza remind us of the kinds of steps that our healthcare system, our businesses, our communities and schools may need to take. We're in this together, all of government, the public and the private sector, and the CDC wants to make sure you have the best information available every day. Thank you. 
I just want to give you a very quick uh, update on the uh, my name is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. I'm the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at NIH. Just a very quick update on the countermeasure development in the form of vaccines and therapeutics. I had told this audience at a, a recent uh, press briefing that we have a number of vaccine candidates and one prototype one to give you a, a, a feel for the time frame of a vaccine and what its impact might be now and in subsequent years is that I told you we would have a vaccine that we would be putting into trials to see if it's safe and if it induces a response that you would predict would be protective in about three months. I think it's going to be a little bit less than that. It's probably going to be closer to two months. That would then take about three months to determine if it's safe and immunogenic, which gives us six months. Then you graduate from a trial, which is phase one of 45 people, to a trial that involves hundreds if not low thousands of people to determine efficacy. At the earliest, an efficacy trial would take an additional six to eight months. So although this is the fastest we have ever gone from a sequence of a virus to a trial, it still would not be any applicable to the epidemic unless we really wait about a year to a year and a half. Now, that means two things. One, the answer to containing is public health measures. We can't rely on a vaccine over the next several months to a year. However, if this virus, which we have every reason to believe it is quite conceivable that it will happen, will go beyond just a season and come back and recycle next year. If that's the case, we hope to have a vaccine. And then finally and briefly, therapeutics. There are a number of antiviral drugs that are being tested a few days ago we initiated a randomized controlled trial of a drug called remdesivir, which has antiviral activity in vitro in an animal model. The good news about that is that it's a trial that's randomized to either placebo or standard of care and drug and standard of care, which means that we will know reasonably soon whether it works. And if it does, we will then have an effective therapy to distribute. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead,